What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 143 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. 143 is not aesthetically pleasing. Really? I you, don't. You do key on, on on numbers, but what is wrong with 143? Um, I I just I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. Um. I, I don't know. I almost feel like every number, even like the next like ten, are still nice. But one forty three, I just something about it. Um, I feel like you're out of place because you can't relate them to football anymore. Well, as soon as we hit like a hundred, we were like we R- were there. R I P football references. Yeah, I mean forty three itself is that uh, Palamalu? Was he forty three? Um, I mean, he was fantastic. <laughs> But 143, I don't know. So that's what's going to happen. You're just going to ignore the one now and just go back through all of them? I mean, I can, but even with that said, I still like don't love the number. When Joe can't think of a cold open, he defaults to talking about the number. This is Well, it's been a long time since I've actually messed around with the cold open. I've, I've been pretty, uh, pretty boring lately, so I decided I'd spark things back up. I don't up. think you've been boring. Um, if I've... you've been listening to the show, I lost a bet. And uh, was going to quit drinking for a month. Was going to, or was, was, or go- did. was going to, <laughs> or, uh, or did? I made it like twenty three or twenty four days. No, you made it longer than that. Uh, whatever, I quit quitting. I mean, you still drank with the podcast. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's it's not like, and and you were going to do that no matter what. So there was some built in hedging on this. Oh no, totally. But uh, I I quit quitting. Um, I still felt, you know, nobody likes a quitter. I feel like I, I did that whole time. Like, obviously I'm not an alcoholic because I made it like 20 ish days with, you know, just a small amount of drinking here and there. Like <laughs> once a week for a, a job ish kind of listen, we have to deliver content to the people. Exactly. So I, I had to do it as for a job. It's an um, obligation. But aside from that, I didn't and it was fine. Um, but then the other night, uh, I had a. A uh, business thing happened where uh, I felt like it would have been wrong of me not to enjoy a glass of wine mm-hmm. with. Um, is this like a massage parlor type business thing, or like no? This a, is like kinda... this is like very high up people in. Uh, oh well, I mean, sometimes high up people go to massage parlors. It's a thing. Get them craft. Uh, anyways, I had some glass of wine because I felt like that was the right thing to do. And then I was like, you know what? I really want a beer. So I went and had a beer. And then I got a six pack on the way home. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. And then I didn't hear from Joe for five days because he went on a heroin binge. No. No, not at all. Uh, nothing's really changed in how I've uh, lived my life. I just. Well, I mean, yeah. Know. The heroin binge was you know, par for the course. It's normal. You know, some people, that's that's how they express themselves. Well, yeah, but you heard from me because you were the one who like sold you the heroin. The... I know. Well, my uh, my veins don't work anymore. My nose is busted, so I need someone to blow the powdered Listen. heroin up my asshole. <laughs> and I appreciate you for that. I was gonna say, you know, Daddy knows how to find those foot veins, but oh no, you took no, it. To, we, you took it to a whole new. We thing. went all in, and and that's what I appreciate about you. Do 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 buttholes? Is that like a thing? Can you? Does that actually work? I would assume so. I figure if you asking can, for a friend, if you can, if you can Bert Churg, I assume you can 
take other things uh, through those mucous membranes. I mean, mucus, that's the nose is, is the butt, membrane. Is the, the butt is also a mucous membrane? I believe is so. Is that a thing? I'm pretty positive. I have no idea I'm asking. I'm like 90% positive. I'm no doctor. Got it. Got it. I'm no doctor like you. Well, I mean, like clearly you. you're, you're uh, expressing a, quite a bit of knowledge about butts. So I just was, you know. And stuff. Trying to confirm details here. You know, given that we are a podcast about disc golf, and it would I would be remiss if we didn't go on an extensive butt tangent because of that. About like hard drugs up the butt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because the two of them clearly go hand in hand. Have you mentioned we're a disc golf uh, podcast? <laughs> I, I did, I did. Yeah. Oh, I just just, just a couple minutes ago, actually. Just uh, just making sure. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, my memory is is fleeting right now. So uh, Joe is. Uh, completely unhinged tonight he is fully back on board and this this is gonna be lit we are ready robin but you're you're too old to use words like that fair enough all right (laughs) i will your wife your wife isn't even listening to this and she's (laughs) laughing inside because she heard that happened (laughs) this is going to be an extravaganza that works much better. <laughs> stick, st- stick with what you know. We are going to have a matinee, and uh, it's going to be an early dinner. Have you seen? Um, they are they, doing a pot a, roast. They've been around for a minute, but they just put out a new album. Have you? Uh, have you heard of the metal band Oakley Dokley? I have not heard of any metal bands. Wh- Oh, dude, you're it's a it's a it's a Ned Flanders metal band. Oh, that sounds cool. It's it's pretty rad. Uh, I bet it rad. is. Their newest single, I'm not like super I'm, stoked. I'm on. pretty sure Ned uh, Flanders is not a real big metal guy, but you know what? Ned Flanders is more than meets the eye. Remember, like he like took his shirt off and dude is fucking like jacked. Yeah. Have you seen the Dark Simpsons uh, uh, YouTube channel? No. Oh, so there's a Dark Simpsons YouTube channel, and what the guy does. Or lady, possibly. I I don't know. Um, but uh, stitches together different scenes from different Simpsons episodes to make kind of like a dark, like they're short. They're like a couple minutes. But he, he just like takes all these different scenes, puts them together, and makes a storyline that is, that is you know, like messed up. Like it, it's pretty good. That sounds like crazy doable. Like Oh, that it's makes, awesome. That oh, makes, yeah. No, totally. That makes all the sense in the world because there's so much fucked up weird shit that happens in Simpsons. Yeah. Um, I And... Like there was one just uh, there was uh, I saw it just the other day and uh, it was basically the storyline was that uh, Flanders discovered that his oldest son was gay and ended up assassinating him. It was it was solid. Which one's old? The oldest Rod or Todd? (laughs) Beats me, man. Okay. Did you know those are their names? (laughs) No. Yeah, you know I watched I like I have not kept up with Simpsons. So I was about to say the same thing. So sadly, like, I I would say like once I hit college, I pretty much stopped. Same. So like, and then Family Guy happened, so like, and so you like know. seventeen years ago, <laughs> and they're still going strong. You know, whatever. I college never, wasn't seventeen years ago. Gra- well, graduating high school was. Yeah. Mm. Sixteen and a half. <laughs> yeah. And June will be seventeen years. Well, yeah, but. Uh, I just was putting years in. You know, you're not a doctor, so you only went to college for four years. No, Some I'm of a, us, I, I went five. <laughs> I, I went five. Some of us had continuing education and were there a little bit longer, so college ended later. 
It's a, you know, no yeah. big deal. Well, speaking of wh- like, may- the, maybe, maybe because I wasn't a doctor, maybe I got out of college. certificates are on the wall. Maybe I got out of, I don't see anything on the wall. Maybe I got, I got it's out a, of college It's like early. a magic eye. You got I never, you have to squint. I never jumped real hard into Family Guy. Really? Yeah. Family Guy's great. Yeah. It has moments. It has moments. It has like, moments. Like, it has moments like every, every 30 seconds. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's all right. Hmm. It's all right. It's like up there with Star Wars. I don't. I mean, probably not. But like, you know, it's all right. In terms of echelons, I'd, I'd probably place Family Guy below no, Star kinda, Wars. They're kind of the same in terms of importance in my life. No, like but, you know, like they're cool. Cool, like they, you know, they forged some ground and they did some stuff, and like their people are super into them, like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if we're if you're keeping uh, track at home. Things that Joe does not find important, Star Wars, Family Guy, Condiments, and the Beatles. Uh, I'll, you know. <laughs> Do with that what you will. Yeah, just take take that in and just, you, you can just understand that when you hear him say things and you're like, what? And you just understand that that's the basis for, for most of it. No Condiments, no Star Wars, no Family Guy, and... No Beatles. Time out, time out, time out. I never said no to Family Guy or Star Wars. <laughs> Just not as much as maybe everyone else. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> so maybe star maybe a little Star Wars. Like the last uh two Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Uh good. I'm excited for the next one. What is the next one? I don't know what it's called, but it's <laughs> like the one, you know, with like Kylo Ren and shit. <laughs> Uh, fucking Luke Skywalker turned into vapor. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see what happens. I like it. This is good. Uh, yeah, no. No, I realized, actually, <laughs> this is, <laughs> I think we've said disc golf twice. <laughs> Anyways, uh, talking with my wife, this is not the pre-show, by the way. <laughs> Maybe it should be. No. I was talking with my wife, uh, actually, this very night, and realizing that She's the one who is really into Star Wars, but I know more than she does <laughs> and like will correct her on Star Wars things. That sounds totally normal. I'd like I, Sounds I, like a Star Wars fan. Yes, it does. All right, that's You're that's a closet it. Star Wars fan. That's what it is. Um I know I I love uh You just need to come out of the closet. I love though. magic. I love magic, so like Mm-hmm. The the Jedi shit I'm super down to lasers and stuff I don't care, but like the space magic stuff down, yeah down like I love space magic. Is I'm sweet. super into Lord of the Rings. I guess as I say it, how much I like magic, I don't really care about Harry Potter either. <laughs> I'm just like shitting on everyone who listens to this podcast right now. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna add Harry Potter to the list. Yeah, <laughs> but so- <laughs> Lord of the Rings, fucking rad. So if you're uh, filling out your bingo card at home, we've got now got. Harry Potter, Star Wars, Condiments, <laughs> Family Guy, Beatles, and the Beatles. Uh, what s- else, Joe? All right. <laughs> we- <laughs> well, I mean, I brought. Oh, oh, pants. You don't like pants. You no, wear. I you like wear pants. them sometimes. I like pants, but not for not for <laughs> disc golf or exercise. I wear pants every day at work. I'm wearing pants right now. I know, but you wish you could wear shorts every day at work. Oh hell yeah! You wear pants because you have Shit. to, not because you Shit. like pants. If- I would wear shorts all day, every day if I could, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a huge argument with that. I, I like a good pair of pants, slacks. 
I do too. My, these pants right now I'm wearing are great. I very much enjoy but, th- uh, these pants. No, I like dress pants. I like dress clothes. Like I like to get. Mm-hmm. I like to get fancy. But you're wearing a very fancy shirt right yeah, now. Yeah, I, li- I like to get fancy. It's got flowers on it. Which is funny because I think about all image of images of me in the uh, disc golf podcast world are very different than my day to day dress. Like drastically different. <laughs> Um, but I, I enjoy getting getting fancy. Well, I mean, you sport those nips and dress clothes too. Oh, I do, but usually I have like an undershirt and then like a dress shirt, and the nips like can hide a little bit. Yeah, maybe um, some of those pasties. Have you ever tried? No, those? I don't fuck with that. No, too much hair, probably right. Well, yeah, but also like I blast some nips. I'm not. I'm not like. Do I'm you not think that we're ever going to get to disc golf in this episode, or is this just going to be? No, don't do it. I didn't. I didn't. Okay, thank you. I mean, I did, but not on mic, because this thank isn't you. the pre-show. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to take this opportunity, this lull in the action to preview so our talk show about, uh, the spider. Have you seen that spider movie? <laughs> the spider verse one. I heard that's awesome. I have not. I'm actually, if that's a uh, on, on demand or anything, like I'm totally going to watch that this weekend. We could do it tonight right after the show. We could just like get down <laughs> on it see what happens. I probably got to like edit the show and go home. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Well, we have a great show. The Memorial Championship uh, happened over the weekend. We need to discuss the coverage and the disc golf that happened. And that's going to be pretty much the whole show. We've got so much. (laughs) Like, there's so much that happened, both on the coverage end, which we talked about to some degree in last week's episode, but uh, more more things came to fruition. So we'll, we'll cover that. And then... The the winners of the tournament and how the inaugural disc golf pro tour post post produced coverage and live coverage worked out. So we'll hit that, and then we have our world famous deer review where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight. We have the Latitude sixty four recoil, a twelve speed four glide zero turn three fade distance driver, and we're pairing that with Evil Three. Triple IPA by Heretic Brewing Company, which is an eleven point five percent triple IPA. Let's just say it's gonna. We might go off the rails tonight. No, I never. It uh, it might happen. So, Joe, the Disc Golf Pro Tour. This was their first event. Uh, lots of hype. Live coverage. A a major tournament. And. There were some positives and some negatives. We had really good disc golf and actuality happen. We we had fantastic actual disc golf occurring on the course. We had live coverage that I'm I'm gonna start off I'm gonna start positive. I think that the by the end of the tournament, we saw the best live disc golf coverage we've ever seen. I, I, I don't know if I'm all the way there yet. So but I didn't watch final day. Final day. People, so and that's what you said. I'll, like I'll, that was the that was the most it was. Legit. I'll make my case for it. We had live chase and lead card at the same time. I don't think that's ever happened before. And we had picture in picture. So we were watching both simultaneously, not just switching back. So those things alone was were things that we talked about last year when this was all kind of starting to boil how you know live coverage could really improve so the fact that they did that 
was impressive. Um, and Nate and Val got improved over the weekend. Oh yeah, and and got much better at at kind of rolling with the the footage and kind of letting. I think they're always good. They just had to like try and fill awkwardly day one. They totally did. They um, totally did. And uh, it to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, the Sunday coverage there was a lot more things happening. They didn't have as much downtime, so right. it was less noticeable that they had to fill the the blank spaces in the coverage. So it it's not so fair to have people talk about them, be like, oh, they, they had to talk like every second. Well, you know, they had two, three, five, 15 minutes of downtime to fill in, you know, content for us. I didn't even notice. I just saw them smiling at each other. Yeah. I was like, oh, you guys. Val just totally mirroring at Nate. And it was, uh, yeah. But that, unfortunately, is is where I saw it in. Like, the live footage was, in my opinion, by the end of it, was great. The, the camera people were able to adjust and improve their ability to track discs they stopped going for more artsy shots and tried to cover exactly what was happening. It was an excellent adjustment. All right, uh, Steve, I know you're listening. Uh, if not Seth, let me let me tell you how to take it like next level. Like just you, you're gonna win. You're gonna win it all right here. You need to get Ken Climo on the course. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Done. That would be Done. sweet. Doss and Val in the booth. Ken Climo, sideline with, reporter. With, with, with an earpiece in so he can chat with them if need yeah. be. Boom. Boom. Through the roof. Number one. Uh, it makes all the, like, <laughs> unneeded zooming, you know, mean I'll, nothing. I'll take any amount of Ken Climo that I can get. Just it, just put the champ in Robin. I mean, whoa. in the video. The man could narrate my breakfast, and I'd, I'd be... It would work. I'd be up for it. You know, he's. I, I. I am kind of blown away that he was not secured for anything this year. It. It is kind of amazing because he was so good with worlds. Like I feel like we're seeing. Uh, we're seeing. But we're maybe he doesn't like, want to do it. Maybe, or maybe you know they haven't asked the right way. Like I feel like you need to start with. Excuse me, the champ. Excuse me, champ. And if you don't start with that, yeah, he's not listening. Yeah, he's not listening. You got to start with. Well, um, I mean, to be fair to him, I've said to be, to fair, be fair a lot. Yeah, uh, this is. Uh, but why wouldn't you start with that? So I mean, it's a t- oh oh honorable, uh, <laughs> godly the champ. Perhaps you may have a moment to listen to my offer, and if you don't go through those exact lines, he won't even listen. I, I and why why would he? Actually, I feel like with 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 Climo, you actually have to make it like he feels it was his idea. Okay. Uh, so it's more like you got to be like it's a little psychological gosh, game. It would be so amazing if we could get someone to come do some live commentary. Like I don't know, someone who's just like a winner, just a natural winner, is amazing, uh, godly voice. Uh, anything he touches is gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we would pay said person handsomely. Oh, see, that's the part where you, yeah, 
Yeah. Listen, it's that, di- it's that dis- was... it's disc golf paying handsomely. Uh, like, uh, it could be like you, you you were going fine, and then you hit that like going to get paid. Sorry, part. sorry, sorry. Perhaps uh, said person would stumble upon a few cartons of Marlboro Reds <laughs> for free. <laughs> Even still, that that sounds a little steep for the budgets I've been hearing. That's true. Well, you gotta sometimes you gotta put, you gotta you gotta spend money to make money. Uh, I I you know we're on the same page with that. I'm just saying that the current uh, budget probably doesn't include that. Well, we gotta make it happen. I mean, the rest of that conversation sounds plausible, and then you hit the compensation part, and yeah, that's probably where it fell apart. And then Kenny goes, "I might know a guy." <laughs> And the rest is uh, the rest is magic. But that that would be good having uh, Val and Nate be able to throw to to Kenny on the on the on the sideline. Kenny on the streets. Kenny on the streets, like making eyes at Val, even though he can't see her. <laughs> Why do we always go back to this? What? I don't know. Like, what are talking about? Why why do we think of Climo as because <laughs> he's a he's like a rugged man. He's like he's like the one guy who can just do it and you're like, Oh Kenny. <laughs> he's the champ. Right? You know? How are you gonna say no to the champ? Right? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Cupcake. As I was saying. <laughs> Ken Hey Ken, Nate Doss here. Uh, you know I'm um, you're you're talking to my wife, right? And um, that was very inappropriate for a live broadcast. Ah, Nate, don't even. Hey, it's it's the champ here. You know I meant nothing of it. I love you and your beautiful, beautiful bride. All right, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, back to to serious coverage here. Um. So, anyways, uh, I watched. And I, I'm repeating exactly what I said on the pre-show. I watched nine minutes of post-produced <clears throat> FPO. This was uh, the uh, I already gave my uh, my positives and and what I think they did well. And now comes the part that that hurts a little bit. Uh, the the post-produced coverage was an absolute disaster in my mind. It was. The same cut up live footage, so the bad camera work that we complained about. Should I should I zoom here? I'm gonna zoom here. Should I zoom? I'm I'm just gonna zoom. I'm, no, I'll zoom out. Oh, I'm gonna zoom back in. What needs to be in focus? The basket, the disc, <laughs> the the lake. How oh, about look? Look, how, there's a bird over there. Look, a bird. Oh, fountain. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we focus on this bush over here? Oh wait. Oh man, the disc landed over there. Crap. But uh, so. And these are things that in the live footage we're kind of like, all right, well, it's live footage. They're they're not, you know, yet figured out, even though I, I guess that shouldn't be like that. But the post-produced coverage was literally just a cut-up version of the live footage. So they just cut up, shortened it. And so I watched the FPO, and I was already pretty worried because the footage was not great. The commentary was fine, but they uploaded it in uh, in stereo. Uh, so right. So like, if you were listening with one headphone in, you only heard one of the commentators. So that that was kind of like a, a rook move on on yeah on that part, and you know, same kind of 
bad shots. They even had the wrong. And if I'm at work, like 99% of the time, if I'm listening to something, it's with one headphone in. Yeah. For me, uh, I I rock AirPods, and they automatically will convert uh, stereo sound to mono if you only have one in. But I Uh. understand that that's not normal. And that I understand that you're a poor person. <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to shed light into Steve Dodge's, you know, kind of perception here. He's probably an AirPod guy and doesn't get that and expects his uh, viewers to buy $150 earbuds. So he was like, KJ USA uses them. What's wrong with you guys? Yeah, exactly. So, um, and on top of that, they had graphics that were wrong. In, in there, they had, you know, they flip-flopped a couple they of the ladies. Spelling errors. They had spelling errors. It, there was all kinds of, there was graphical errors, even in their kind of one of their features, which was showing, you know, how the shots landed for each one. They they weren't really following the actual line that the, the throws were. They were just kind of generic uh, locations on those throws. Well, I mean, it's understandable because this is the first time ever there's been post-produced disc golf footage ouch ouch so like it's not like there have been like multiple people or like high level people in the world of disc golf that have like done an amazing job and kind of set a precedent for post-produced coverage you know they're changing the game they are blazing the trail you got to expect there's going to be hiccups you know in years when there's more than just them putting out post-produced products like it, it, you know, it'll be fine and we'll get it. You know, we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, I got news for you, Joe. <laughs> You're not my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> it it got worse. I, I was ready to be like, okay, this is their first day coverage. And of course, there's going to be some kinks in there. And it's, it's, you know, I expect that to some degree. But when it came to the the uh, post-produced lead card, feature card for the MPO, which had Simon Lazat and Eagle McMahon throwing 15 and 16 down, respectively, I was, I needed to have good footage for that. I wasn't at the world of disc golf needed after watching it live. I wasn't expecting it. I was worried that it was going to be botched. Um, I didn't expect it to be botched as badly as it was. Literally the audio was several seconds off. So we're watching hole one at the Memorial and Yuli and AJ are talking about the putts. That have happened two seconds ago. Yeah, that's bad. I'm happy you watched it, <laughs> and and I'm happy I, you you did that for the pod because I I didn't even like attempt. that is a very very simple thing to do. Joe and I sync up audio all the time. It's all the time. We put out two videos. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, by the way, you got to be a, a patron to check those out. Uh, but I've never edited videos in my life, and I synced up the time. Uh, we we recorded on a Zoom, and uh, the video was with a GoPro, and uh, I, I I I done did it on a, f- a fucking Microsoft Surface laptop. 
a tiny ass little screen. I done did it. So if I can do that, I feel like someone else should be able to do that. Yep. There were typos in the graphics. There were mistakes in it was just it was hard. It was rough uh, because that's what we really want to watch. Not everyone can can sit down in their work day or on their Sunday and and just absorb yeah. the live footage. So well, people are also shitheads about live coverage. Uh, like you're getting free live coverage. Shut up. Be thankful. Yeah. Like whatever. Well, the live coverage. But if you good. can't, but if you can't do it, that's fine. But also, like they go hand in hand at this point in my life where. Live coverage is awesome. I'm stoked, but it's super long, and I'm in and out. Like I, I don't know that I've ever. I think Rob and I had like one point in time where there was a day where our wives were both doing something, and you're like at my house, and we watched live coverage. Yeah, it was Worlds. I think we yeah. watched a World. And like that yeah. was rad, but I rarely, if ever, can just sit and watch. Yeah, like three hours of coverage. Like, I've got I, it on a secondary screen at my work. No, totally, me know. too. And and I bounce back and forth, and you know, click a different tab sometimes because someone's walking by my office. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. The the post produced is number one, and that is the like archival footage of this awesome sport, like. That is the representation of this sport going forward is the post-produced. And it, you have to kill it. At this point, um, sorry, I'm just hearing something. Uh, there are people who have done it before, and they've done it fucking really well. Like, there's there's no excuse at this point. There are new channels popping up all the time, and there's good stuff coming through. Uh, I think there's definitely still, like, the top tier, obviously, like, the Jomez graphics are just through the roof, number one. And then CCDG, like in my mind, and and maybe there was someone first. I don't I don't I don't think McFly So High came first. Maybe it was the same time. I don't know. And I know there was like uh there were there were definitely other channels that were there before uh CCDG, but for me, like that was like my gateway disc golf videos. Yeah. Um, they're fucking OG. Uh, they've been doing it well for so long, and Jomez came through and is crushing it. Like y- you can't mess it up, especially when you are the like the number one crew for some of the biggest tournaments of the year. Yeah, that's fucking embarrassing. It, this is the part that like Joe and I have talked about this in the past where and you just brought it up moments ago too where we don't want to be complainers about free live coverage and we don't want to be complainers about free content but the fact that this major tournament we were you know we had this coverage that we normally get from high quality producers like Jomez and CCDG it wasn't there and, you know, Eagle and Simon, we talked about this in the past, Eagle and Simon, they had these two terrific rounds at the same time on the same card, and the footage has missed putts, they're zooming in different directions, the audio is off, it's, 
it's unfortunate because it's the type of video that if it was on Jomez or CCDG would have, you know, 100,000 plus views. Oh, yeah. It would be, you know, the, this is two of the highest rated rounds at the same time on the same card. And it, the coverage was done by people that didn't yet know how to film disc golf. Unfortunately. And that to me is is unassailable. It's just that you can't defend it. It it it's unfortunate and I think the biggest thing going forward is that if the plan is to hire camera people in each town that you go to, we're gonna see this in every single tournament. Thursday is gonna be shitty, Friday is gonna be a little better. Saturday is going to be okay, and Sunday might be good, depending on how good the camera people are. And if that's their their formula, that's they got to figure out something else. They have to train these people. They have to do something else, or they need to find people in each township that understand how to film disc golf. I I don't know I don't know how else to to put it. It was just it's like if I opened a seafood restaurant. Um, in Maine. All right, <laughs> and 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 I was the chef. Okay, yeah, that sounds bad. Uh, I don't eat seafood. I don't like no, any you, seafood. I don't think. You, okay, so now we have uh, Star Wars, condiments. Oh yeah, yeah. The Beatles, Harry, oh, Harry Potter. Ha- Harry Potter. Uh, what was the other one? No, now now we've got seafood, and I forget what the other one oh, was. There was another one too. Uh, I like I like Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, uh, oh you do like Lord of the Rings. I, I okay. love Lord of the Rings. There we go. Love Lord of the Rings. But uh, knights and swords and shit. Let's get after it. <laughs> Red, like magic and elves. Stuff? You just oh, a big elf guy. Who's not love elves? Sexy. I mean, elves. Um, elves. Elves. El- elves. Elvis. It's elves. I I know it's elves. I know how to spell. I just don't know nouns and adjectives and verbs. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's fine. Um, now, do we have to categorize condiments and salad dressing as two different things? Because I think you tell me. You tell me. I, to me, salad dressing and condiments are two different things. So, it, it I, technically, well, then, then two, yeah. Salad dressing should sure. count as another strike on your list of things that mainstream things that people love that you hate. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Um, that's fine. I'm fine <laughs> with that. I'm fine with that. You know, because uh, you like pop. Just because it's popular doesn't mean it's right. You know, it's really popular. Fucking Corona. Cor- like people. I there's a place in Sonoma. Someone's probably listening. Like, oh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Figure it out. There's a place in Sonoma that has like a. 32 tap system. Sonoma's our hometown. Awesome beer. Awesome beer. California. North Bay. 32 unique, amazing beers on draft. And I see people roll in and get fucking Coronas. Eh, You know. Shut your face. (laughs) I know you're purely just trying to argue right here. 100% just trying to like... Extra grind my gears because you know that's a fucking shit show. Listen, and that's wrong. You that's take, wrong. You take a Corona, you put a little spicy pineapple in it. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. 
And that, that shit's good, man. I'm going to take all of the beer out of the shedio. I'm going to take it all home. I'm going to stock you with Coronas and spicy pineapple, and you can tell me how you feel about I, that. You know, I'll be fine. It'll be okay. Just uh, listen, Joe. You're going to have I wa- awful beer shit. I want you to be happy. spicy pineapple burn on your beehole. Wow. It's going to be bad news, Bears. Joe's really unleashing You're going to drink like 15 Coronas because you're like, well, maybe I'll get a buzz on this one. Joe, maybe I'll get a buzz on this one. Now, shut up. Corona <laughs> tastes and smells like farts. It sucks. <laughs> Corona's awful. You're a bad, like, you can call me a bad person for the condiment and salad dressing shit. If you're a Corona man, you're a worse person than I. <laughs> Joe, that is not nice. Granted, that was- if that's all I got to drink, I'll, <laughs> I'll smash Corona. Exactly. But it's a shitty beer. <laughs> Corona is no worse than Bud Light. No worse. There's there's no... And you... The clear glass bottle just makes it, like, farty. <laughs> farty. Like, if if you're in Mexico and you know it's coming, like, fresh, Corona's not bad. But around here, like, it's been sitting in those clear bottles for, like, three months. And in Mexico, most of the Corona that they drink uh, is actually in, like, 32 or 40-ounce bottles that are brown glass. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Like that clear they call glass, kawames. That clear glass kind of like forties gets, gets all gets all skunky and gets all farty, and I'm not into that. <laughs> um, but also, weren't we talking about disc golf? Or are you okay? I feel like I feel like um, you might need to. Do we need to take a break and take a little breather? You gonna be all right? I think just everyone had like a, an aneurysm there. No aneurysm. The spicy pineapple just. Just really triggered at that point. But <laughs> once again, that sounds like a derogatory term. <laughs> once you're saying once again, that was a reference from the pre-show, so the people don't know what you're talking about. Well, I feel like everyone should listen to the pre-show. All right, so if you want to listen to our pre-show recordings, you can sign up at Patreon.com/slash/TheDiscGolfPodcast and become a patron of the show. You'll get access to our pre-shows. We also do recordings on our way to the disc golf course. Last week, I did an in the bag uh, where we recorded it on video in the car and on our way to the course. So you get to see what my discs look like and what they are. And it was lots of fun. And I think this weekend we'll probably do the other side of that. Um, and I will. Yeah, which will be my auxiliary bag. And <laughs> yeah, uh, he'll do his disc craft bag and his MVP bag. Yeah, and then so. he'll do his. And, um, then eventually, and then eventually I'll do it in the bag, but I'll probably do it while I'm driving, so it'll just add an extra flair. I mean, I don't think anybody really needs to see that, so we'll probably just skip that. <laughs> it'll be fine. Uh, this is a 13-speed driver. This is a 14. This is yeah. a 13. This is a 14. Uh, I got putters over yeah. here. Don't, don't worry about that. This is my spicy pineapple. Oh, dude. I I, I feel like I, I'm just going to get a Sharpie and not paying attention and just like write spicy pineapple <laughs> on your favorite disc. Why would you do that? It's not very nice. I thought you loved spicy pineapple. I mean, pineapple. I, not, I, I do like spicy pineapples, All right. but I, I did it for you. Listen, you put a little cayenne pepper on a pineapple, throw it on the barbecue. That shit is awesome. You you just need to you just need to come to the. I just need a nice barbecue and a. And you need a little lawn. come to Jesus. Just I need like a, I need a nice yard and a nice barbecue, and then I'll know. Well, I mean, you don't need a nice yard. You just need like a a, a barbecue. 
you could even you know you could do it on the on the grill at your house. It'd be fine. You don't have to. You mean on the stovetop? Yeah, yeah. Like when you say grill, that like is a barbecue, but. Well, I mean, like the 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 uh, stovetop has it's it's a gas stovetop, right? Indeed. Yeah. So like it's got its little grill guards. It you cut those full pineapple slices, you can toss them on there, get a little burn on them. Cayenne pepper first, little lime finish, boom. Spicy pineapple. So much work. It's super good. So much work. Top your top your all pot store tacos with that. Super bomb. So much work. It's I'm telling you, it's it's the way to go. So there's like there's like a taqueria. You may not like the Beatles. You may not like Star Wars. You think Family Guy is overrated. You don't like ranch dressing. You don't eat ketchup. But you need to have spicy pineapple in your life. Mm. All right. I'll let you think about that. In the meantime. Oh, pino con chile? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'll get down on that. <laughs> in the meantime, let's get back to the memorial coverage. We never left. <laughs> and oh. <laughs> after discussing the footage, it, we've hashed it out. We talked about it a bit on last episode. We talked about it on this one. Um, it, I think in a closing note, I'd like to say once again that I really bear no ill will towards the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And I very much want them to be successful. And I want them to work out the kinks in their coverage and deliver to us the live footage that they have already demonstrated that they can do. I, if they continue to improve on that, that will be fantastic. And I want them to improve their post-produced coverage to a acceptable level where they eliminate the, what I'm going to call unforced errors, you know, whether that be typos in the graphics or, you know, they had misplaced images you know, the wrong names on the wrong graphics or even unsynced audio. I just want, I want the, um, I want the integrity to, to move up some too. Um, in, in what I do for a living, um, there are times that I need to fall on the sword and that's fine. Like there are times that one of my team members might make a mistake. There are times that I make mistakes, but denying it or moving past or brushing by it or acting like it didn't happen is not the right thing to do. Yeah, or trying to blame it on on a negotiation that happened two months ago. Right. Like, all of that, like, that, that is not the way to build trust and move forward. Yeah. That is not the way to get buy-in. That's, that's just not the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> I had a kid in my office the other day who st- <laughs> this is there's no I mean I'm not saying names or anything I can say it, that uh there was a pair of Beats headphones in our computer lab that went missing. He turned them in like a few weeks later because there was kind of a blanket statement like if you know anything about it, turn them in there's no uh you know there won't be any repercussions blah blah talk to him and he said oh I found them like across town uh but he was one of two people that were there with the headphones it's just like just be honest like i any day 
I can get past it and we can work through it and make it right when you do something wrong. But if you lie to me about it or pretend it didn't happen, that's a whole different level and it's not as easy to fight out of. Yeah. I agree. Sorry. I agree. I, I that's a good integrity moment. Yeah. So hopefully um they iron out the kinks and learn from the uh the mistakes that happened in this first round of coverage and understand that that their choices led them to be under the microscope for their coverage and that it's it's not it's not our fault that that you're under scrutiny like it's not that us as the disc golf public it you decided to to take this path and you didn't execute it very well and i'm sorry that's that's what it is but that's the uh, that's the fighter who's like, I'm the greatest ever. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to knock you out in three minutes. And then you get knocked out like yeah. first punch of the round. Well, and it's super sad that like right now, what, 40 something odd minutes into our podcast, we're going to get to Eagle McMahon and Simon Lazat and Yali Store and Ricky Wysocki and and the actual players that that put on performances in here. And instead of that being the storyline, the storyline was how poorly executed the media plan was. And that's, right. that's sad. Like we should That's sad. It's the Memorial championship. There's been quality coverage for so many years. Yeah. Like this is the first, I mean, wintertime open was fantastic. And that's, I mean, Honestly, we are West Coasters, and I think it's bigger for us than it is for others. But it really, you know, CCDG footage made it a big deal, a bigger de- deal than it usually is. Usually Memorial is like, well, I guess there's Las Vegas, sorry, which in the last couple of years has, has gotten bigger. Uh, but Memorial for, I don't know, the past six years or more has been like the start of yeah the disc golf season. Like this is the tournament this is the huge fucking uh, dude. I've dropped so many f bombs in this episode. I know you. You. You've been. I'm you, getting after it. Um, yeah. Well, we we. Anyways, I uh, think I think we've covered it well enough. I mean, it. We. I'm we've just made saying. The point. Like this is like the uh, the like um, the Will Schusterick scoring error yeah. playoff mm-hmm. madness. Like that's what got a lot of us rolling into this. It's a prestigious tournament, and it's unfortunate that. That it okay. Had to yeah. Let's go talk down about like the, this. Good call. So <laughs> keep us moving. I I feel like I just don't want to beat a dead horse too totally, much. Totally. Totally. Uh, at this point, we 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 sincerely hope that that the coverage improves, and I think that they're very much capable of doing that. And I think that's where I'd like to like to end it on that one. But uh, on the MPO end, we had uh, Simon Lazat and Eagle McMahon. This was basically the Eagle and Simon show all week. Um, they were really the only two that were in contention to win this, and by the end of it, Eagle really ran away with it by just playing a pretty much perfect golf. Um, you know, it, Simon had the early lead, and then in round three, uh, Eagle kind of continued, and and Simon he didn't have a bad round, but uh, you know, Eagle threw thirteen down, and Simon threw threw eight down or something like that, and then that that couldn't be made up at that point. So, you know, in, in round one, Eagle and Simon, Simon threw 16 down and Eagle threw 15 down. And so they were, were neck and neck. I mean, look at those scorecards. 
just insane. All kinds of blue left insane. and right. Insane. Um, you know, granted, this course is prone for these types of performances. It's wide open. It there's not a lot of holes that are out of reach. For, there's mean water though. It, there is mean water, but there's not very many holes that are out of reach for these these big time throwers. And even the the par fours, um, you know, have give give a bomber a chance to to get the the birdie. So, um, the, Eagle and Simon were obvious favorites from the beginning, and then in round two. They they got after it again. Eagle McMahon throwing thirteen down, Simon throwing fourteen down. So Simon was was still holding up, holding off, and uh, playing terrific golf. Still no bogeys. So through two rounds, Simon Lazat had no bogeys, and uh, Eagle had his first bogey. Just a few holes in. Eagle had his only bogey. That's true. Oh, that's right. Eagle had his only bogey in the second round. On, in the second round, on the insane. Floor. I know, isn't that amazing? Insane. So, and then round three was where Eagle separated himself again. Super clean round, no bogeys. Uh, with a thirteen down, Simon Lazat only eight down, and and you know only eight down. Right, I was just about to say only only eight down. Eight down. But and, by the way, I mean. The way he played the first two rounds to throw an eight down was um, that 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 was a mistake. That was a uh, a bad round. It was, and and to be honest, his fourth round was a continuation of that. He made mistakes. He missed putts, um, it, drives that that he should make. Uh, he was not. He did not capitalize on opportunities, and it allowed Eagle to just kind of essentially cruise through these rounds and and granted this course is geared towards his skill set but it's same for Simon um, but Eagle made the par putts that he needed to he just continued to attack the course the entire time and shooting eight down on the final round with Simon Lazat only shooting seven down uh, early on there was a chance for Simon to capitalize and he wasn't able to do it with an early bogey, uh, kind of another unforced error on on that one. Yep. And and then numerous birdie chances that he missed. Yeah. Simon really did in the front nine of the last round have a chance to close his lead on or close the lead the gap, on yeah. Eagle and and make it a real challenge. But he just he didn't hit those clutch putts. He missed approaches he threw ob on on you know what should be a textbook drive for him on a hole that that is catered to his skill set so we uh, should bring up too just i know you ran through like the top earlier um and and mentioned rick uh but paul did tie rick yeah so he he was right there in the fourth yes um but I just I purely want to say that and and then everything going forward is Eagle Simon and Yale. Yeah. Yale had himself uh He did. a run. He uh his putting was money, his drives were clean. Um he had a great tournament obviously to finish lone third uh with Eagle and Simon and only within a few strokes of Simon. 
But Eagle, I think, you know, if you follow him at all on on uh, on YouTube and you see what he's doing, I feel like Eagle just looks healthier. And he's talked about it. He's talked about um, his diet and, and what he was doing with it, and it just didn't uh, set him up to play clean and be healthy through a season like it takes its toll he talked about both diet and mentality and and just overall commitment to to being a competitor and and uh, it it seems that eagle is is really you know maturing as a competitor and he is and uh, you know we talked about this early last year too yeah and part of it is that the early schedule is bomber bomber friendly bomber friendly and so maybe we're just seeing that when you're on these courses and you're doing that, you're playing those rounds, the confidence builds because the courses you're playing are catered to your skill set. But, you know, I want to believe it. I, I, we believed it last year. We were, we were saying, is this, you know, is Eagle going to be the one that transcends? We said it on the last episode. But my favorite thing is I want it. I don't no, totally. So after Las Vegas, it was Heimberg. Like, look at this kid. Like, yeah, young kid getting after it. Um, I I want to say there's probably less than a year difference, at most a two year difference, between Heimberg and Eagle. Yeah, probably. Like, I have no idea, but I'm yeah. pretty positive Eagle's like twenty. I know he's he's so young. So like that's the funny thing is is I think we we talk about all these young guys coming up uh, and and I've like seen posts of of Heimberg and all these guys and um, I think there are people forgetting or just because he's been prominent for a few years how young Eagle really yeah. is and his composure is getting so much better. It too. is. It is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like just him being on commentary for CCDG just what made me be like, oh, yeah, all that skill set mm-hmm. with confidence. And he was a great commentator too. He I, was. I thoroughly he was. enjoyed. Well, I think you just need to be like in my mind, like the confidence came through with the commentary. Yep, it did. And uh, it's and we're seeing on the course like. <laughs> skill set unfathomed i think uh, in, in my mind i don't know if we said in my mind he is um number one or one air one b in distance both backhand and forehand yeah i would say so i think if you combine them both he's number one unquestioned i think so and my only thing and he's in the same world as simon because they're hard spin putters. Yeah. Um, if putting is on, which it was. Yeah. It's it's top tier, uh, top three. But because of the way they put, um, a tick off is real bad. Yeah. And yeah. you saw the winter time, like winter time open, he put himself in great spots and just had spit outs and just right or left a little bit. Yeah. He cleaned it up at the end, and he's continued that kind of streak yeah. through Las Vegas and now. Um, and I think that it, that could very well could have been just first tournament. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But um, you know, but I, I, you know, I hope he can stay healthy and not like he got sick last year, but um, just the wear and tear. He can deal with that uh, because he's he's a transcending player, and it's crazy to think about, and it's crazy to like talk 
about it, but we saw it when I first started really getting into disc golf and Rob and I were watching a lot of disc golf, like we saw the ascension of Paul Macbeth. Yeah. Like we saw this kid who was like third, fourth, second and all these tournaments and all of a sudden just started dominating. Um, and I, and I feel like we're starting to see that now. I hope so. I mean, we thought we were seeing it last year and then it kind of faded out. Um, but last year wasn't, no one really dominated last year. You know, no. there wasn't, you can't say who was the, the 2018 player and yeah, Barsby won worlds, but all the players kind of got their tournaments here and there, but there wasn't any one, you know, dominant force. Like prior to that, you know, Ricky with his two years in a row. And then before that it was Paul and they were just so dominant in each of those facets, but it wasn't like that last year. And so it'll be interesting to see whether we keep seeing parody this year in, in the winners, or if someone really takes over and says, I'm, you know, I'm the man up in this, this is, this is how we play. You have to beat me. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, let me quickly run through the, uh, top 10 on MPO and then we'll, uh, flip over and give you results for FPO and uh, so Eagle McMahon in first place at 49 down. Simon Lazat in second place at 45 down. Yali Store in third place at 43 down. Ricky Waisaki and Paul McBeth tied in fourth place at 42 down. Johnny McRae in sixth place at 39. And he had a rough first round. Yeah, he did. 39 down. And then we have Scott Withers at 37 down in seventh place. In uh, eighth place, we had Brian Earhart at 36 down. And then tied for ninth, we have Josh Anthon and Paul Oman at 35 down. And then rounding out, I guess this would be top 11 at this point, Philo Brathwaite at 34 down. I have one more thing to say about MPO, and then we move forward. Okay. Uh, I doubt you are listening, uh, but you're now local to us, and I will hit you up outside of this. Um, Kyle Webster... You're an awesome person. Please, from the podcast, just tell your wife how awesome she is, and we're big supporters of her, and we want to be her best friend, and hopefully just <laughs> always have um, just like positive thoughts for us. Uh, thank you. Excellent. That's an excellent transition to the FPO, I think. Yep. So on the FPO side, Evelina Salonen, Innova sponsored, Euro player, was able to turn in probably one of the more dominant performances we've seen. She really was pretty flawless the whole time. And I watched a decent amount of the live. I as we stated before. I honestly watched more live, I think, of FPO than I did. MPO. I did too, because it was in the morning and it was, you know, easy to watch and, and stuff like that. Uh, she is extremely talented and a, a powerful thrower and just didn't ever seem to fade in, in any point. Like when she needed to make a putt, she made it and just seemed to continue. Early on, it looked like Paige Pierce was turning it on. You know, After in, round one, round two. Round two. Paige found her stroke and yeah, then she's washed and, up now. And so. Like after round two, Jokes. it was like, okay, Paige Pierce is going to win. You know, she totally. Oh, totally. She was she had a stretch of like seven or Shoot, round two and like three quarters through round three. Yeah. So round two, Paige Pierce had a stretch of 
let's see, five birdies in a row and then three more after that. So, I mean, she was really just on fire um, and and kind of come after a kind of sub, you know, uh, suboptimal first round. And then round two, she really turned it on and kind of looked like Paige Pierce was just going to going to do it. But Evelina played a very, very consistent set of four rounds. Um, oh, she goodness. All right. So, yeah, I did not watch round three. Mm-hmm. And Paige ended up with a a quad bogey on the final hole that she did. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it was those mistakes that ended up costing her. Evelina. That she then birdied the next day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, granted, the final round, round four, Evelina went, you know, eight down. So totally. I mean, that was, that was huge in, in terms of holding off Paige Pierce. So, you know, she had a one stroke advantage going into it and ended up, you know, outplaying Paige by four strokes on, on that, or by three strokes on that round and with a total of four strokes. So in, in first place, we have Evelina Salonen at 10 down Paige Pierce in second place at six down Jessica Weiss, in third place at three down Katrina Allen and Rebecca Cox tied at fourth place at one over. And then we have Sarah Hokum at two over in sixth place. Paige Bierkus in there. Uh, t- you're looking at their, uh, Oh, you're right. You're right. Totally. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I, at least I hope I am. No, you're totally right. I'm wrong. Go ahead. Um, Paige Bierkus in seventh place at six over. And then Jennifer Allen in eighth place at eight over uh, and I think that's where we'll where we'll end that one. But yeah, well, and Rebe- Rebecca Cox had a, a rough first round and and fought her way to kind of move up and and kind of went back down. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the the big takeaway is that uh, Evelina Salonen. I mean, the talent is there. We we know that she's got all the the skill sets, and we might be we might be watching her. Uh, you know rise up in in this fpo field as well um it, is there anything poor taste about uh trying to call her lady simon <laughs> i i don't think so no i'm just thinking about a european player that uh has shown skill and i'm just thinking about when simon first went you know what i'm gonna come and stay in the states and tour mm-hmm. because i think that's evelina Salon has not done full stints and i could tell you wrong and i'm sorry if i'm wrong no i she she has not but i feel like the reason like we've seen her here and there um and my thought is if she's staying and she's playing uh more tours in the states we're gonna hear more and more and see more and more out of her absolutely the same way we did with simon some years yeah. back when he uh decided to just be in the states for the, the tour season rather than uh just hitting she was nails. It was kind of like Heimberg um, at at the Las Vegas Challenge, in that you know you're you're watching it and you're like, okay, well, Paige is Paige is going to find a way to win this. Paige is going to do that, and yet every time there was an opportunity to to take a stroke or or lose a stroke, Evelina made her putt or or you know made it a drive. She just kind of was consistent the entire time, just like Heimberg did when you're like, oh man, I don't think, you know, you just, you had that internal doubt that they could hold it off and yet they still executed their shots 
when it really mattered to to come away with the win. And I I think this is that's a that's pretty much what happened. The, yeah, it was impressive. So, and it's funny, like like you said, the the FPO live was on at ten in the morning. I have it in my office, you know, I just have it up on it on one of the secondary yep, screens. I got two screens. We just same like thing for, me, for sure. <laughs> it's off to the side, and then by the time my day gets going later on. You know, when that MPO coverage was on, I was, you know, fully distracted and not able to, to catch all of it. But I did watch some of it um, over the weekend. So obviously we didn't on Saturday, but on Sunday I was home with kiddos and, and uh, got that in. So so just looking at the scores um, for Jessica. So three of the players ended their tournament under par. Yes. Four days, four days straight. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I don't think. I. I, I don't think there's any way that I'm. I'm. There's under so much par. water. There's so, so much, much water. water. Not even that. Just like I went to L.A. at the end of January and I played. Uh, I played a round and then I played another round the next day. I think I played three rounds in a row and I threw like second drives and stuff and blah blah. But still, like my body was gone. For like over a week. Yeah. My arm was gone. My legs were gone. Oh, it's a, it, playing four rounds in, in four days that matter is a, is a physical feat. I mean, that's not to be understood. Totally. That for, in itself. And like, for these players. I think that in itself, like, would, I, I would have no place in this. Um, if I played, I don't know. Basically, I'm trying to think could I th- throw four rounds? consecutively maybe not day after day after day at these two courses and end up under par i don't know i think it's possible uh, maybe i don't know i i don't but to do it day after day after day after day i know nope yeah nope y'all are studs these ladies are amazing yeah all right are you ready to uh transition to our deer review Wait, is that where we talk about beer? Yes, it is. And and discs. <laughs> D's or, and or B's, disc. always ready. All right, it is time for our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer. We review them both and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Latitude 64 Recoil, which is a 12-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, three-fade distance driver, and we're pairing it with Evil 3 Triple IPA by Heretic Brewing Company which is 11.5% alcohol. Yeah, that's rad. Strong. Where do you want to start? Beer let's start the, or let's disc? The, let's start with a disc. Are you sure? Because I, I feel like there's part of the nope. beer review nope. that you'd like to cover specifically. Nope, I don't want to cover it. I'd actually like not even like to think about it. Uh, the disc. So when you look at the numbers, um, in my mind, they're they're pretty solidly on. With that said, um, they're very similar to like a uh, Discmania PD2, which this is not that. Yeah. This is not a, a super meat hook. I think it's more so like the understanding that the numbers of a, of a PD2 um, are not correct. Or aren't you know really what it is like? If you get a C line PD two, or at least the one that I have, the one that we threw, um, 
and actually I've had other PD2s since and I think the one that we reviewed was like uh, an anomaly, not an anomaly, but definitely a beefy, a, a very much more stable run of PD2s. Um, this is definitely not in that world. It is stable. It is not a turnover disc. It is not. I think in Crazy Winds, the the first time that we threw the recoil, um, we saw both meat hook. We also saw like the ability to maybe flip up, but no turn. I think that no turn is spot on. Um, the glide is real. And for a 12-speed, three-fade, zero-turn, like a four-glide is is a pretty money number to have. Yeah. Um, it, it is a very stable, stable disc. And I think this is, like, the impetus for us to really understand where we shift from understable to overstable and start thinking about just the world of stable. Yeah. Like... That's what I think when I was throwing the recoil. I was like, "This thing is just stable. It is gonna, it's gonna go, it's gonna go straight, and it's gonna hook up and go left. There's not gonna be turn. It's not gonna hook up out of my hand. I'm gonna throw it flat. It's gonna go straight, and it's gonna go left. And you can and trust wind it isn't in gonna some mess wind. with it, right? And wind's not gonna mess with that. Yeah. Wind's gonna, wind's gonna say, "Yep, that's what I do." And basically headwind versus tailwind dictates if it hooks up earlier rather than later yeah and i i've talked about this in in past episodes is i'm kind of searching for uh the disc that is my headwind distance driver um and it i you know we talked about the photon we've talked about defenders and then now there's the recoil which has been uh quite interesting for me i i really do like the recoil uh, and I think that I can get more distance out of it than some of the other two that I just mentioned. Um, I think the photon, the, the speed takes the distance down a little bit. I think it really is like a, a, an 11, 11 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and then conversely the defender, because of how fast it is, it wants to go left faster. It does. So uh, the, the recoil is impressive. Uh, it, I've thrown it in uh, in round, so I've had it in my bag uh, as a tester, um, you know, kind of on the on side pouch and just checking it out to see if it's going to work um, for for what I'm looking for. But I've thrown it in regular rounds. I've thrown it in pretty windy situations, and uh, on one occasion, the first time I ever threw it, yeah, actually. Um, it, it was so windy, and we were we were testing the nitro, the MVP nitro. Um, and it was, the nitro was so overstable. We couldn't really do anything with it. And it was so short and, but we had brought out these other, you know, quote unquote, over- also, we were also testing the 19 sexy bird. We were, we were doing that too. So it was kind of like a, it, it, we also had it there with us, but, uh, you know, we were testing other discs that weren't going quite as far and, uh, I had thrown the recoil and it went uh, probably about 150 feet further than I was planning on it going yep to the point where like i buzzed a pedestrian um skipped over a parking lot wall and and you know was kind of like oh had i known that that was going to happen i would have you know walked back 200 feet this was not you know what i expected and it was granted it was a windy day but it was 
it was kind of awesome to see it and kind of clicked in in my mind what this disc can do in those situations, which is we were dealing with at that point, that was a tailwind. Yeah. And it still rode flat long enough and it faded pretty hard. I think it caught like maybe like a a crosswind or a yeah. swirl or something, but still that it could it could fly so cleanly through some wild wind yeah. is pretty amazing. It was in and I was like, oh okay, so this this has some merit. And 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 I've since thrown it in headwinds and the headwinds are you know virtually zero effect on it. It's still a, a dependable driver in headwinds. Um so yeah the recoil has been I very intriguing to say the least. Yeah, and I don't know that I was really ready for what the recoil was when we were first throwing it. Um, everything that I kind of read or heard was beat in defender. Uh, or, you know, right in between a trespass and defender. And I guess that's probably right. But in my mind, trespasses are... are pretty darn understable for me at this point so i was like expecting some turn Mm -hmm. um but i also had like i have a beat in defender and every once in a while um i get a little bit of turn but i guess like ultimately the speed piece i guess comes through the most like that i think it really is like a true 12 speed yeah definitely Um, and a defender is a 13 so I, I feel like it probably has similar stability. I don't know in my mind that it hooks up as hard as a defender does. It and, definitely does not. And maybe that's why there's like the the beat in defender. So I think if there if there was any number that I would change, it might be the fade. Okay. Like I might even say like two point five. Yeah. I, um, okay. I'll I'll buy that. It wasn't a, a, I, if you were gonna say two, I was gonna argue with you. Right, and that's why we're at five. And, and no, it's not a two because a two is is kind of like in my mind, boarding on straight. Uh, right. A two is if if you rip it hard, it's gonna pretty much end straight. Um, I think like the difference between a one and a two is much smaller than the difference between a two and a three. Yeah. Um. And and I think it's close to that three. Like it definitely hooked up every time. Like without a doubt, there was no, there is no worry whatsoever at all for either of us, for Robin or I, that it wasn't going to hook up and go left. Like for sure, that's that's just what it does. I've yet to worry about it in in any situation. And and you won't. And and I won't. Yeah. Um. It's it's going to hook up. It's going to go left. I mean, I guess if you beat the shit out of one. Maybe it'll be different. I could, I could actually see a recoil being a, a beat up, um, long distance straight flyer. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'll like put- a flip, like a flip up, go straight. I could see. I'm not saying it. That's what it is by any means. I'm just saying I could see this disc turning into that. We've seen it with other ones. This is optoplastic, and and we've we've seen with uh, other. Uh, of the trilogy lines that yeah you can beat that plastic in and and get the flight to change so it's definitely like a 12 speed rim or maybe even like i guess it it's got a pretty pretty decent rim to it it's not huge though it's not um i talked about maybe in the pre-show about uh getting a rampage back for my bag it's nothing close to that um it's a comfortable uh rim there's it's it's nice. I mean, I think it's super dependable. 
Um, I'm kind of excited to see how it how it beats in. Um, the funny thing is we got two of them to the first runs, and one is 168, and the other is max weight. And the 168 is the more stable of the two. It does seem that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so there must be something with the parting line or something with the the dome. I don't know. We haven't really inspected them. I actually, honest to, to be honest, left the 175 at home because I held on to that one because I like max weight. Although maybe <laughs> we need to flop them just for uh, how we throw and what we do. But uh, it's a rad disc. I, I did... I, I do want to put out there that um, someone in our Slack group, and just if, if you're in the same boat, said that they didn't see any difference between the recoil and a uh, Lucid X Trespass. Um, I Even a fresh Lucid X Trespass, I can still get some flip up and a little bit of turn. Um, still super stable, more stable than a fresh moonshine um but not insanely like recoil is is definitely more stable than a lucid x trespass so like for austin and our our boys with big arms like i could see a recoil being an awesome disc for you to throw mm-hmm. um i could see it being a flip little little bit of turn disc but i it's not going to be a turnover disc um it's going to hook up um and i actually watched a few videos of people throwing it side by side with the raider and it's very similar so i'm not as stoked on the raider as i thought but we'll see yeah. once we get some um just super dependable good feeling optoplastic is amazing we've always talked about this um a nice nice stable to overstable distance driver i mean it's that's that's what it is yeah and i mean if uh if you're throwing 350 and you want a beefcake in your bag to slowly wear in like this would be a great yeah a great disc for that because uh it'll it'll be super beef for for that 350 arm yeah in a, in a great totally. way in a dependable like straight and then hook up way mm-hmm. all right beer time so uh this is evil three by heretic brewing company it's 11.5 percent triple ipa so uh all kinds of beef here so all kinds of trouble and one review has stuck out in particular on, on Beer Advocate. So Joe and I like to research our beers, take a look at them. And uh, so uh, this one in particular caught Joe's eye earlier tonight. Yeah, he used the word viscous. Weird. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it actually, he referred to the flavor as spicy pineapple, peach, and apricot nose. And... Yep. I think I've already said it like ten times, like spicy pineapple. That's just like that's just silly. I, just silly. I mean, spicy pineapples are great. What's the problem? I mean, do you not enjoy the beer and feel that it? Oh, the beer is amazing. It, I, I so, um, it's been a while since I'm I, gonna come clean right now. I like spicy pineapples. I do not taste spicy not pineapple. All. <laughs> not at all. Not at I mean, all. I taste a a excellent triple IPA. That has, a, you know, of course, any excellent triple IPA would have to have a a fruity aspect to it. Yeah, it it just has to for it to be a good one. It, you know, if it's a bad one, it'll be overly malty and kind of boozy. 
this one is by no means heavy on the alcohol. You, you don't really. Uh, I mean, it tastes like an eight. I mean, per- you get you get a little. Oh yeah, but it tastes like eight. But for an ele- right for an eleven five. Yeah, it doesn't taste like eleven five. It tastes like eight, and um, it, you know, you definitely get the the kind of full bodied fruit flavor to it. But if you're gonna put spicy pineapple in your review. Well, I feel like the spicy I mean, pineapple, on. like that we talk about, that we understand, and I still would never call it spicy pineapple. But, but what I'm understanding you to say it is, like that spicy, like even more accentuates the sweet. Yes, and there's not big sweet notes. Well, it's it's an important important in that dichotomy sense. of of flavor. You know, you you take something that has a a nice acidic sweet flavor to it, and you add spice, and you're going to get a nice flavor. You know. A combination but right but i don't think it's i don't think it's spice i think it might be a little heat from like the booze yeah so i i think that's probably what the reviewer is getting at is that that it has the fruity flavor but it also has the punch of of the the boozy you know triple yeah. ipa so um it's 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 a great beer yeah it's a it's a great um i mean when you can drink an 11 5 and and think it's an eight eight five um you're doing something right. Tastes good. It has some nice, uh, great hoppiness in the front, and then like a good little bitter kick at the end, but not overpowering. But at the same time, um, I I've said it time and time again. Like you can go bitter as you want, as long as you give me that booze. Yeah. Like if, if you're gonna go super bitter and be like four and a half percent, like what? I'm I'm not into that. Yeah. But uh, we have these in sixteen ounce pint cans. Fantastic. And uh, you know, Heretic's a brewery that, that we're familiar with. So totally, and that's funny. The spicy, actually, I'm thinking about because Heretic, um, in my mind, I know them well, and we've never had these beers, and I haven't on my own, but I know no, they they do make beers like with peppers in them. Like they do make, they? yeah, they okay. make spicy beers like okay. literally spicy beers. what if we find out that there's like actual peppers in this there's not there's not if there if there is our um local mexican food palate has done us right because i'm not getting any actual heat um, no definitely there, not. there's not they would have said something about that um but it's 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 a localish it's fairfield it's not far from us um it's it's a very nice beer uh a little dry I'd say, yeah, um, and that's something I I tend to notice right away when you get that kind of dry mouth flavor after after a few sips. But overall, uh, you know, just a great great full body flavor. Yep, it, it absolutely high alcohol beer. Oh yeah, but you're still getting like it's sneaky, but not like where you're like, oh, I'm drinking like a a super like juice IPA. Like you know, you're getting. You're getting something, and yeah. kind of like that that eight percent, eight and a half to twelve, um, you know it's going to do work. Kind of regardless, it's just yeah. some might do a little extra work. This is, I, I'd say, whatever this is rated, it's underrated. This is very smooth. Yep, very easy drinking. A lot of great IPA flavors to it, and um, packs a punch. So I don't know what else you could ask for. This is fantastic. Oh, it, it, it does work. So digging it. All right. Uh let's uh so for you, why don't you give your verdict on the disc and then I'll do the same. I kinda want you to start. Okay. 
the uh, the recoil is in my bag currently. Right. Um, it is battling with other discs. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to um, what I want, how I want to structure the top end of my bag, and I'm I'm working on that. I did an in in the bag on our Patreon show, and in this last week on, on Vidya. I, we did a video in the bag on our on our way to the course. So if you want to check that out, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast, you can see that. But I'm still that top end of my bag, I'm still working on it. And so this recoil is currently in there and I, it has promise and I I really like it a lot. And I'm gonna give it every chance to to be that that kind of top end um overstable distance driver for me. So uh I like it. It's got promise, and I've had some good throws with it, and I'm gonna keep keep feeling it out. And I think it's not necessarily the top end of my bag, but it's um, a specific spot. And I think I'm having a very similar battle that Robin is. Um, for me, like the defender is in a different a different spot for me than than where this lives. Like the defender, I think is staying. Um, to be a little bit further flying, just that speed. I feel I can get a defender out further than the recoil. But um, a few episodes back, uh, the photon is kind of a disc that I put in my bag and was like, this is a nice, like, not max, max distance, but I can trust it to be a straight flyer and hook up, um, not worry about wind. So basically my battle is between a photon and a recoil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to keep throwing them both. There, with that said, like the photon is is a disc that if I pare my bag down, I take that out because it's not necessarily like an exact spot that I need. Um, so they're both fighting for a spot that ultimately might not be a necessary piece in my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to check them both out. And as they beat in or, um, you know, I had a little bit of distance breakthrough and I think just this last weekend... I had like two throws out of multiple that um, my full form and everything actually clicked in. So as I work on that and feel better with that and, and actually can can throw what I feel like I'm capable of, I'll know more. And they might step into a different realm. But I think I will probably bag the recoil for now. Probably, you know, Rob and I talk about our like auxiliary pocket of like, we're testing these out and see where they go. Mm-hmm. I- I'm, I'm probably going to carry a recoil for now to see where it goes. It's a great disc. It's fantastic. And I want, I don't want to, um, unjustly pull it out before I really feel like I, I know what it does and where it fits. So I'm going to carry it. I just don't know if it's going to be a long term piece for me. All right. And then, uh, beer, for me, um, this is delicious. It is powerful. Um, I, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'll bring this on the course. I, will, I don't know what else to do at this I point. I will too. No, I'll, I'll bring it on the course too. But I will say, um, sixteen ounce cans. I did. I, Why not? I, we haven't been drinking for a few weeks, and I'm on the fence. If I'm gonna be totally honest, um, I'm not hating sober rounds like I thought I would. Oh, they're fine. They're Sober t- rounds are great. They're totally fine, I think. Um, but if I'm a drink on a round, hell yeah, I'll get this going. Hell yeah. Um, and I'll probably, now that I'm back drinking, next time we, well, especially because uh, I'm going to have to do it in the bag, so I won't be driving. I'll probably have some beverages. Oh, you best spice um, this up. 
it's a it's a it's a great beer it's a great beer um i drank one earlier today it totally was we had another beer slated uh for this podcast and i drank one of these earlier and i was like yeah we're doing this yeah we're doing this it's real good yeah, you, and i got and a four pack now you got to finish this one I too know. yep um yeah. great beer for sure a coarse beer um if you're like Robin and i if you're immortal uh probably not a good a good beer um i realized in our slack group <laughs> funny enough in our whiskey channel someone brought up like uh you know i love all these whiskeys but like what's a beer that can just be like a a daily drinker and uh joey pseudo was like uh, uh all day ipa and i was like that's not a real beer like, <laughs> like like my daily drinker probably like if i had to just choose one like right now that i was just getting my daily drinker would be like racer five yeah <laughs> like my good. daily drinker yeah. is like a seven and a half percent um so i can live in this world but i i've good learned stuff. that that not all people can yeah well great beer all right so that we're four for four i think we're like uh three and a half to four all right well tell me what three and a half to four rating is for the disc golf world how how does that equate we got the recoil we got uh evil three by heretic brewing company this is the uh the bomb bros um memorial round one just no in general just their memorial tournament yeah they both were amazing they own this tournament they own the tournament they destroy um the only thing that would bring them to a four is if like they had legit coverage yeah yeah sadly let's hope that uh it improves going forward we believe uh we think it can happen we think there's promise so hopefully that happens in the meantime check out our website throw stuff at stuff.com you can join our slack group on there. there's a join slack uh, link where you can join our chat group that's like all day long it's fantastic we're like at like 510 or something there's yeah. like there's over 500 people that just kick it and talk disc golf and nonsense and just have fun all kinds of fun so join that uh check out slack and join us in the conversation on a daily basis. It's all kinds of fun. Uh, Patreon.com slash This Golf Podcast. Uh, become a patron. Get access to our pre-show recordings. We even have some video content that we started to do that we're putting out to patrons as we start to feel that out. And, and you know, like, say you're new to video content and maybe you, instead of putting out something you're not sure of to everyone to see, maybe you test it out with patrons or a select audience so that you can then work out the kinks before unveiling it to everyone and getting a ton of shit for it. Who that's, would do that? That's the kind of thing that maybe uh, people like us would do and might be advisable to others in the world. But that being said, I hope you guys get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up and fucking not run an ace or two. Sometimes you got to ease 
If you wanna put the D's in the B's Sometimes you got to say hey I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say hey I hit some metal then you say, wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA So let's go to the bar And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly And then I'll fucking hug it softly And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly But then I'm gonna hug